Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly, E-Y-S, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Today's Thursday, March 26, 2020. Today we are in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're on page 99 there at the bottom of the page that says, let no alcoholic say he cannot recover. And we'll just be reading on that one paragraph. So today's readers for the 12th step, Anne-Marie M, 12 Traditions, Terry H, readers of our text, Roz G, Russ M, and our backup will be Katie G. Newcomer greeter, Reva P, and our second hour host today will be Jody E. So the reference numbers for Wednesday, yesterday, March 25th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 14310, 14310, and our 10 a.m. Eastern Time yesterday, 14315, 14315. All right, OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our our sole purpose, man, I can't talk today. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So now I'm going to have Anne-Marie M. read the 12 steps. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Star one, Anne-Marie. Okay. Yes. There you are. <laughs> one, we are powerless over food and our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Anne-Marie. So now we'll have Terry H. reading the 12 traditions. Hey, Terry. Hi. 
this is Terry H., a grateful, recovered, but not cured compulsive overeater from Pensacola, Florida. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Number two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group. Conscious, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Number four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups of OA as a whole. Number five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Number six, an OA group ought never endorse financial finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of not of money, property, or prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Number nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but it may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. And number 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. And 11, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity or at, at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to state, to place principles beyond personality. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you for your service, Terry. So here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we'll stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. And if you go over, I'll say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you'll press star one to unmute your phone. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. So in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. All right, so let's get started. We are resuming in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, page 99. We're on the bottom of the page there. Third paragraph, it says, let no alcoholic say he cannot recover. And Roz G is going to get us going. Good morning, Roz. Good morning. This is Roz G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Palmdale, California. Let no alcoholic say he cannot recover unless he has his family back. This just isn't so. In some cases, the wife will never come back for one reason or another. Remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. 
It is dependent upon his relationship with God. We have seen men get well whose families have not returned at all. We have seen others slip when the family came back too soon. To me, this this is all about relationships and what recovery means in them. <clears throat> I heard in many meetings over the years that, uh, especially to those those of us who are single, that don't worry about being in a relationship now because the further you get into your recovery, the further you work these steps, the better you're going to become. And you're going to present yourself to whomever you're going to be with as a recovered person, a healthy, well-balanced person. And so what I had to do was I had to let go of needing to be in a relationship with somebody. I simply needed to be in a relationship with God so that God could clean me out through working these steps. And I have been single my whole, there's a birdie chirping, it's beautiful, but the person's unmuted. <laughs> but um, I have, um, as long as I've been in Overeaters Anonymous, no, except for maybe two years, I did get a divorce. Yeah, I was, I was, I got a divorce when I was early in the program. But um, I've been a single person in this program. And there have been so many times where I complained about, you know, not having a mate um, and that I got lonely. But what, what the, what, when I really saw the change was when I dedicated my life to working the steps. And especially within the past few years in being in Vision for You, really dedicating my life to, to working these steps and then working with others. And my relationship with God has deepened. I have matured as a woman, and I believe that, you know, I, I believe that I'm preparing myself to be in a relationship. But whether I do or not, I have recovered. The compulsion to overeat has been removed, and the character defects are being removed one by one. And I don't have a mate, but I'm, I'm a content person. I'm happy most of the time, but of course, I'm just like everybody else, and I have to do these 10 steps, mm-hmm. 10 steps to get out of whatever funk I'm in. But it also says here that, you know, if I, if I did get into a relationship and I was, you know, that selfish, self-centered, jealous, envious, fearful person, I would have just brought all that baggage into a relationship with somebody who didn't deserve it. So what it says here that it, you know, time, like please. Other, oh, okay. And I'll wrap up by saying what it says here is it doesn't matter where my state is. My, I will recover as long as my relationship with God is, is clear. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Well, thanks for getting us started, Raj G. All right, guys. So we're on the, in the big book, page 99, third paragraph. Let no al- alcoholic say he cannot recover. If you haven't shared in the last couple of days and would like to, give me your first name and initial of your last. Matt M. Lisa B. Matt, Matt M. Lisa B.
Katie G. Rachel K. Katie L. Craig A. Rachel. Anne Marie M. Nancy T. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here's who I got, and I think we're just going to have to stop here if I didn't get you, sorry. Um, Okay, here's who I have. Matt M., Lisa B., Katie G., Rachel K., Katie F., Craig F., and Nancy T. I'm sure I missed others, but we'll catch you on the second round, so make sure you're muted. Press star one. We'll get started with Matt M. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Thank you for your service, moderator. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt Emma, compulsory from New Jersey. Yeah, relationships are not always easy. I'm very grateful that I'm trying to make a relationship with myself and with my higher power. I always try to force myself into, a, you know, into having a relationship with I with my with others and, you know, friendships. I try to look at my friendships first and foremost, you know, with myself, and I recognize that, you know, I always try to force myself upon others. Um, and try to make people like me and try to make people understand me. And that doesn't work, you know. And I realize right now my life, God has put certain people in my life that are meant to be in my life, the people that are, are my support group, or the people that are the ones who I need in my life right now to help me get through with what I'm going through right now, especially with this tumultuous um, turmoil everybody's going through right now, especially in this world, what's going on in this world right now. And I realize that the people in my life right now are the ones that God meant to be in my life right now. And I'm learning that, you know, each person in my life has given me certain people. I see each person in my life has certain character defects that I have in my own my own self that I have to learn to work with on my own self as well. And I'm getting challenged, you know. And uh, there's certain things that I have to look at myself that I don't like looking at, like, a mirror, like holding a mirror up to my own self. And I'm okay, it's a challenge, you know, with this quarantine. And um, I I uh, I don't like being challenged. I'm very stubborn. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people, a lot of people on the, on the line who do know me and they know who I am. And it's 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 a challenge. Life is a challenge, and I don't always like, like I said, I don't always like doing this self, the solitary self appraisal that this program actually do has me doing on a daily basis. But I'm looking. I'm I'm learning to look at myself one day at a time in the mirror, and I'm learning to love myself and I'm learning to like myself one day at a time. And I'm very grateful that I'm on the line today. Very grateful that you're all here today. And I'm grateful that I can do this one day at a time. It's a it's a one day at a time program. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Matt M. Next up, we have Lisa B. Followed by Katie G. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Thank you for everyone that's here. My name is Lisa B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and I do spell my name L-E-S-A. It says, remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. So I wanted people to get me. I wanted people to understand me. I needed so much to have that in order to feel okay in my own skin. And I need reminding today, you know, in doing my step 10 work, my step 11 work, that um, it's not about the sponsor or the person that's listening to me. It's about that that relationship, my alignment with my higher power. And, you know, it talks about in this paragraph, it says it's dependent on their relation, on his relationship with God. You know, what is a relationship? I had no idea how to be in a healthy relationship with myself, with another person and certainly not with my creator, my higher power. And that came as a result of going through the steps and learning that I had to let go of what was in my hand. 
I have to let go of what is in my hand and sit with an open hand in faith that it will be replaced with something else. And what, what it was replaced with was the 12 steps and is the 12 steps. I had to put down all the things that made me feel good and soothed me, even though they were hurting me and killing me, including beverages and condiments and all types of food items. And I had to learn what entire abstinence, the way Dr. Silkworth describes, and sit and be uncomfortable. And someone shared with me, I might not feel good until I'm in my 10th step. But if I do the steps quickly, um, I will begin to feel a change. And there is so much hope and promise in this program. And that's why I need to hear recovered fellows. Because if I'm just in my own mind thinking that this is just going to be unbearable, and I don't hear the message from them that they were like me, but they're not like me anymore. They're, they're recovered. They have hope and they're comfortable in their abstinence. Um, that's what kept me going. But today my relationship with my higher power is the most important relationship. And I still try and get people to get me. You know, I get consumed with selfishness. I want to be understood. And I have to let that go and get quiet with my higher power. And today it is in the quiet and the silence that I hear my higher power, not in that chaos, but as a compulsive overeater that's just very foreign. So um, today's silence is okay. With that, I pass. Thanks, Lisa. Um, All right, so let's see. Next we have Katie G. followed by Rachel K. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Kelly. This is Katie G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Boston. Yeah, I mean, I just, um, I spent my whole life believing that I just needed to get the external to look right because I grew up in a house that wasn't right, right? So if I was part of the neighborhood's family, if I could just move into your house and have your parents and grow up in your house, then I wouldn't feel the way I feel, right? Because I thought that human powers, that the external fixed me. So coming into recovery, I thought, okay, well, that's fine. You want me to practice entire absence? I'll do that when I'm comfortable and I have a boyfriend. Like, I'll do that when you tell me how to get a husband like you have. I'll do that when I have a grad degree because I'm KDG and I need to figure all this out, right? I need to make this all happen. And I think what's really important is that it's dependent on my relationship with God. You know, I didn't come in here with a relationship with God. So I couldn't come in here and say, okay, I'm going to have a relationship with God now. See ya. You know, there are, there are 12 steps that get me to uncover, discover, and discard everything that's not me, that gets me to God. And I still need people. Sorry, I still need people. I have a sponsor. I have sponsees. I have spiritual advisors in this program. But what's different now is um, I'm not a hostage taker. And I don't put people on pedestals. I'm very careful. If somebody, is, if somebody in my life is somebody I really look up to, what I know the problem is if I start saying, well, they're right, they have this message, and I need it, and I need them, they've become God. And then what happens is the minute you disappoint me, I'm going to kick you off the pedestal. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See ya. Right, And so what these 12 steps teach me is that people are people and God is God. I want God to be a person to come down and fix me and cure me right now. And I want people to be God, right? I want you to come in and fix me and make me feel better. And so what I'm learning and relating to others is that, you know, 
people are people and I need to cultivate a relationship with God and that God can work through other people. But it's important that I remember, you know, where, where my reliance is and that people are going to disappoint me. I disappoint other people. Um, but I don't, you know, I've learned now. I don't, I don't take hostages. I don't take, um, I, you know, I'm not in a constant assessment of, oh, you're better than me, so therefore I'm going to treat you this way. You're worse than me. I'm one among many. And that is what this, that is what this relationship, this dependence on God means to me today. You know, I need to be right with God's kids and be right with God too and be right with myself. It all goes together. And I'm just so grateful to know that no matter what, no human power can fix me and I've got to relate to God. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie G. All right. Next up, Rachel K. followed by Katie F. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, and thank you so much for your service. Hi, this is Rachel Kay, compulsive overeater. Um, I really like this passage and the the paragraphs preceding it too, um, because I'm not dealing with a spouse, but um, dealing with uh, particularly my mom. And and thank you, you know, for the fellows who on this line have shared about wanting people to get me. Um, my mom is an exercise bulimic, not in recovery. And right now, because of these circumstances, uh, the virus, she is like a dry drunk. And um, and we text and keep in communication. And yesterday we spoke on the phone and thank, thank God for God. Thank God for the steps because I did a lot of, uh, I did a 10 step and prayer and meditation beforehand. And it allowed me to exercise that restraint of pen and tongue because um, you know, it's all about her. I'm, you know, in the medical field and things are extremely stressful right now, but expecting her to get me or even expecting her to ask me how I'm doing, which, you know, did not come out of her mouth, um, is like, you know, it, it, it's, it's like being, if I'm mad at her for not doing that, it's like being pissed off at a cat for not barking. Um, she just, it's not... It's not in her DNA. Um, And I love, you know, in the acceptance story about, you know, my serenity level is an inverse proportion with my expectations. I'm not, that's not a direct quote, but that's what I get from it. Um, But I can't expect that of her. And, you know, but God does. My, My recovery is not dependent on my relationship with her or her behavior. It's, you know, God knows the truth and I know the truth and that's what matters. And I do have fellows who, um, who I, you know, can relate to and can talk about this with, thank God. But even, you know, even so, even if those relationships didn't exist, which they do, and I cannot work this program in a vacuum, it's my recovery is completely dependent upon my relationship with God. Um, and that's what the big book has given me. You know, it's the purpose of that book to help me find a power greater than myself that can solve my problem. And he has solved the food problem and he's solving other problems in my life day after day. And even when I take control back of those problems, um, you know, I can continue to turn them over to him and, you know, through the 12 steps, through doing inventories every day. Um, and get that relief, that daily reprieve uh, that's contingent upon my my uh, spiritual health. So anyway, um, thank God for these meetings as well, because they have really re-energized my program since I started 
listening to them uh, about a year, year and a half ago. Um, you know, Hi, again, thank you. I'll wrap up. Uh, thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Thanks, Rachel Kay. Uh, good. Let's see. Now we have Katie F. followed by Craig F. Hey, Katie. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And I just love these lines. This whole paragraph is great, but um, remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. It is dependent upon his relationship with God. And I, you know, I've many people have heard my story, but I'm sure a majority of the people on this line have not that, you know, when I came in, I was 27 years old and living with four other women in an apart in a townhouse and, um, you know, barely scraping by living hand to mouth and had no, no prospects out there. And so, you know, I, even though I was getting this program and starting to understand, you know, the 12 step way of life, I still thought once I got thin that I was going to meet the man of my dreams and, and that was going to make my life complete. And when I did meet someone, um, you know, after I lost all my weight or thereabouts, um, it didn't work out. And someone said to me who had years of recovery, you know, you're going to change a lot in the next five years and you, you really shouldn't, um, shouldn't even focus on that. And I just wanted, you know, this is back in the late eighties when we had just regular phones and I just wanted to slam that phone down over and over again. It just made me so mad, but, but I didn't, I, I, I leaned into God. I did what this says. I said, that it's dependent on my relationship with God. And I started, um, you know, just working on being who God wanted to be me to be man or no man, you know, and, and over the next five, six years, um, I did have a lot of relationships, but none of them went anywhere. And, you know, and in through that, it didn't matter. It didn't affect my recovery. And that was the difference is that my recovery prior to that, or my life was always um, dependent on my external circumstances. So, you know, I, um, I did eventually meet a wonderful man that was not available one minute before I met him. And, you know, God, God was writing the story. And, um, but if you had a, a camera, you know, one of those time-lapse cameras that would show you, you know, year after year or month after month, in those six years prior to that, you know, you'd see me, you know, happy one minute meeting someone new and then disappointed the next minute. You know, they weren't who I thought I was or, or who I thought they were. And, you know, if I had just, if I had given into that, I would never have stayed recovered and wouldn't have an independent relationship with my higher power that is not dependent upon my um, family, my husband and my children now, um, or my parents or my siblings. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Katie F. All right, Craig F., followed by Nancy T. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? Lovely, Uh, thank you. Lovely, you are lovely. Thanks. Um, Okay, um, this is, of course, Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, this paragraph, of course, he's, Hammering at home again, this idea that, you know, job or no job, wife or no wife, you know, let nobody say they can't recover. Uh, 
there's a, a kind of an inverse corollary to this uh, idea, you know. Um, it's it, it is dependent upon his relationship with God. And that's true not only of somebody trying to get sober, uh, trying to get abstinent in the beginning. It's not, it, it's not just true of them. It's, some, it's true of people that have been sober or abstinent for a while. Um, you know, I, uh, uh, as an example, I, I knew I had a sponsor actually in the other program who after 10 years um, uh, went back out. And uh, what ha happened was he got too happy. He got, uh, he, 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 life was going so well that he was uh, on a vacation in Mexico on a beach. And, you know, his, 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 his uh, uh, marriage was going well. His, his business was going well. Everything was going well. And the little waiter came by, you know, and offered him one of those fancy drinks, and he took it. And uh, he, he, he was not in the throes of the battle that so many of us uh, find that stress, that strain that comes from, you know, uh, uh, that comes from life. And, and he, so he let his guard down. And so, um, you know, so we, we can say that, uh, my, my abstinence is not dependent on circumstances, you know, wife or no wife, uh, you know, prosperity or no prosperity virus or no virus. You know, uh, my uh, abstinence is dependent on my relationship with God in the beginning and all the way to the end. And it's dependent on my relationship with God uh, regardless of the circumstances. You know, I can get up in the morning and, and everything's great. Everything's going good at work. Uh, you know, my, uh, you know, there's money in the bank and, and yeah, I still have to make a choice that day uh, of whether I'm living my life surrendered to this power greater than myself, whether I'm living my life uh, in 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 that surrender. And uh, if I am, then I have a chance today. And with that, I'm going to pass. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Craig. Appreciate that. <laughs> right on time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next up is uh, Nancy T, and when Nancy's done, we'll be opening it up for more shares. Hey, Nancy. Good morning, Kelly. How you doing? Good. Good to hear you. Good. Uh, Nancy T here, Compulsive Overeater Recovered in Lewiston, Idaho. And uh, I love this paragraph because it reminds me what I finally learned um, after so long of, of struggling, getting abstinent, relapsing, getting abstinent, relapsing, getting abstinent, relapsing. Um, but today the difference is I'm not just abstinent, I'm recovered. And it's because I put my dependence on my relationship with God instead of other people. So I'm, I'm 58 years old. I've never been married. I raised my daughter by myself, and I now have um, a wonderful relationship with my daughter and four grandkids. It's even better now that they don't live with me. <laughs> just kidding. Um, a little bit. Anyway, so before... Before, when I was in the food, when I was, um, you know, even amidst all the relapses, my, my dependence was always on somebody else. First, it was my kids and my grandkids. Okay, if you guys just don't have the bad foods around me, I'll be able to be abstinent. And then 
I can recover. Um, or I put it on a sponsor. If you just, if you're just the right sponsor, if you let me call you every day, if you let me call you several times a day, if you, you know, dot, 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 if, 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 then I can recover. Um, or it's on a therapist, you know, you got to fix me. If you could just fix me and tell me why I eat like this, then I can be abstinent. Or it's on my best friend, you know, if you were more supportive, you know, if you were just a good friend, I could rely, you know, my whole dependence was on, I, I didn't know how to fix me. So I wanted other people to fix me. And I heard the words all the time that I have to rely on God, but I would always go to my own, well, I believe in God. I've always believed in God. I'm a Christian. I grew up believing in God. I believed in God, but I didn't have a relationship with God. I, you know, I didn't learn how to talk to God like I talked to a best friend. And it took me many times um, in and out of this program to realize that has to be number one. That is the single most only thing that is going to keep me recovered and out of the food. Um, I, you know, I can tell you what, the, the first thing I do every day is have a conversation with my higher power, but that's not enough for me to, step 11 tells me I have to perfect and enlarge that relationship. So that means I have to always be growing. And if I find myself getting stagnant or bored a little bit, I have to, I have to change it up. I have to do something a little different, but, you know, put the, put the spice back in the relationship. But it always starts with that conversation with him. But if that's not enough, what else do I have to do? Well, that's where you hear the mantra, I have to live in 10, 11, and 12. When I have emotions come up, and boy, howdy, with all this stuff going around us in the world today, I have lots of opportunity of emotions coming up that I have to tame down with a step 10. Um, you know, I just sold my house. I put it on the market. It sold in 24 hours, and now I have to find a place to live. And my state of Idaho just joined the many others with the shelter-in-place order. So I'm like, uh, how is this going to work? But I don't have to get full of anxiety and fear about it because I can stop and pause and say, Time, please. Got oh, thanks. I have to just say, God, you got this. Show me what to do next. And if I trust and um, follow where he leads, it'll happen. So thanks so much, guys. Great paragraph to read. Thanks, Nancy. All right, guys, if you're just joining us or forgot where we're at, which I do, we're in a big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, page 99. Third, last paragraph there that says, let no alcoholic say he cannot recover. Um, if you haven't shared in the last couple of days and would like to, give me your first name and initial of your last. Judy Kriyak. I didn't Amy get any w. of that. I got Amy Love W. Elena C. 11 E. Elena. Carmella. Carmella. Judy Russ. Anne Marie okay, M. Wait, okay, let's stop there. Hang on a minute. Okay. I didn't get everybody's um, last initial, but here's who I got. Amy W., Levin E., Elena, Carmela G., Mara. God, I couldn't read my writing, but thank God I remember it was you. Mara Z., <laughs> Judy, Russ M., and Marie M. So we'll just stop there. Um, so please mute your phone by pressing star one, and we'll get started with Amy W. Amy, press star one. Amy, not hearing you. G. All right, well, then go ahead. Amy G. Can I be heard? This is Amy W. Can I be heard? Oh, okay. Yeah, I can hear you, Amy W. Okay. That's okay. Thank you. Good morning. This is Amy W. W from Florida. 
Um, and um, this paragraph reminds me so much of um, in the how it works when it talks about <clears throat> no human power could relieve us and God could and what if he were sought. And um, it's my job to seek God. And especially in this time of uncertainty and I'm, I'm choosing to shelter in place. Um, I can't be resentful that my work isn't doing this or what I think that they should do. Um, I have to make a decision today um, that I turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him and either I trust him or I don't. And um, that's been um, throughout my sobriety to um, turn it over to him. And every time that I get resentful or frustrated, it's because I'm expecting some human uh, power, place, or thing to do what only God can do. And that's what I saw in the food. That's what I saw in relationship with something to fill that void. And so when I do that spot check inventory, when I take the time to pause, you know, I can remember you're doing it again, you know. And it doesn't matter um, how long I've been away from the food or, or whatever, um, whether for me it's, it started with a drink, um, that is my common theme. My whole life I expected my parents to do something that only God can do. I expected my husband, my friends, my daughter. Um, so that's kind of my, my theme. So I love this. Um, you know, our job is to perfect and enlarge, you know, that relationship with God. And how I do that is by sponsoring others. A lot of times, you know, I still get on my knees in the morning and ask God for God's help. You know, I have my quiet time. I go to meetings. You know, I do my readings, all of that. But when you watch the miracles happen in others and then you watch the people that you've poured into, um, you watch them pour into other people's life. My gosh, what a miracle. I mean, I see God working through people all the time. Um, but I have to be willing and I have to be participating. So that's the right use of my will. You know, it talks about in the big book that we will learn how to use our will, align it with God's will. And that's the proper use of our will. And so um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. And uh, please, everyone, be safe. Thank you so much, Amy W. Next up, Levin E. followed by Elena. Good morning, Levin. Good morning. Uh, And good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Levin and uh, compulsive overeater. I've been in, uh, listening to A Vision for You uh, for a week. Um, I was in the program. Uh, I entered OA three years ago and um, ultimately could not keep what I considered my abstinence at the time, though I'm learning that that is um, very different from what I had thought. <laughs> um, and also I want to uh, just mention, first of all, how exciting it is as a new member or a new um, person to vision for you to hear so many people from different states. Uh, That's just wonderful. Um, So what I wanted to say is that um, years ago, early in my marriage, um, I would question my relationship with my spouse. You know, should I be here? Should I not? And I was at um, a spiritual conference uh, one weekend and 
uh, we were asked to ask God or our higher power a question. And at this time, I felt like I had no relationship with with a higher spiritual being. Um, and But I asked. I asked this question quietly to myself. I said, um, whoever you are, <laughs> should I be with my husband? And it was this immediate answer, which really floored me and shocked me. It was, it doesn't matter. And I thought, well, what the heck does that mean? It doesn't matter. And I, I stewed on it for a while, and something did tell me, if it doesn't matter, then there's something going on here that I need to change before it can matter. And I'm looking at this paragraph and the things that I'm, I've, I've learned in OA, and, you know, that part where it says it is dependent upon his relationship with God you know, I had no relationship with God, and it was all me, all my own will, me trying to figure everything out by myself, and this paragraph just brings so much hope. You know, I don't even have to worry about that, um, that relationship right now or then, um, because I haven't fixed myself. I haven't worked on my relationship with, with God, and um, I know that's going to to um, bring some answers with um, all the relationships in my life, and uh, I'm really excited about that. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Levin, for sharing. Good to hear a new voice. Somebody's unmuted. I could hear in the background mumbling. If you could just check your phone and press star one, that would be great. Okay. So next up is Elena. I didn't get the initial of your last name. <clears throat> Good morning. My name is Elena C. Gotcha, from thanks. Greenville, South Carolina. Okay. You're up. Uh-huh. So I, um, I'm very grateful to be here, and I just so need to hear everybody's comments. Um, you know, and I was very touched by this um, paragraph because <clears throat> before recovery, I've always thought of must I could not. I was, I, I, it was just beyond my comprehension to lose people who are loved, I loved. Um, and I just, um, and, and, you know, and today is not, that's not it. I mean, I am realizing that the um, part of life is kind of uh, letting go of people and um, relationships change. And, um, the most important thing is that I stay connected with my higher power and my higher power is that spiritual energy that is telling me that, um, you know, things are going to be okay. And then relationships change and then other people will come your way. And, you know, I heard in the program <clears throat> is make away your family and your family, your friends, because um, I don't know about you, but my family, they're, they're just not, they're not in a good shape. They're not healthy. And at times it's just not good for me to be around them. I'm talking about my extended family. You know, and, and other times there are. And recovery to me is taking care of me and making those decisions for me um, as well to <clears throat> which ones I should stay, which one I shouldn't, or what kind of distance, emotional and physical distance I put in between me and them. 
and, um, you know, and then align myself with God's will, um, asking continuously, God, what is your will for me? You know, and I never did that because what my decisions were in this relationship were based on my deep fear of being abandoned. I'm an adult child of an alcoholic, and I have parts who feel abandoned. We always feel abandonment. And, you know, we always fear that there's going to be a disaster. And today I can just take that to my higher power and I can access my higher power through prayer and meditation and praying for myself. Oh my gosh, it is so beautiful. Like I pray for myself, like I pray for my best friend. And that only came with the recovery. And surely I did not learn it from anybody in my life, but I learned it in this program. So with that, I'll pass. I'm very grateful. Thank you so much, Elena C. And um, I have more names than we have time. So if you can keep your short shares a little bit short, that'd be great. All right. So let's see. Carmela G. followed by Mar Z. You're up, Carmela. Good morning. Thank you so much for your work and and everyone on the lines work in this program. Um, I'm Carmela G., a grateful compulsive leader recovered from New York. And the reason I wanted to share today is last night, yesterday morning and last night, I had an unusual experience working this program. It was only through working it that I did not break my abstinence yesterday. Two days ago, I'm a nurse. I, um, I live in New York, so you can realize what life is. And I heard from a dear friend and her sister and two children have been affected with the virus. And it really hit me hard. So two days ago when I went to bed, I did my nightly review. I admitted I had fear. I turned it over. I prayed. And then I went to bed. I woke up yesterday morning saying, what the heck am I weighing and measuring food for? This is the end. This is... And I caught myself because I have been given a miracle. My relationship with God is one of love and gratitude and maximum service to him and to my fellows. And if I'm going to do that, I better stay clean. And I immediately was brought back into reality and trust. And for that, I pass, and I wanted to share it. And thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you, Carmela, for keeping that short. Next up, Mara Z, followed by Judy. Hey, Mara. Hey. Um, Kelly, EYS, thank you for your service. And um, hopefully I'm not double muted. So Mara Z, gratefully recovering in Virginia. And I'm in such a different place than I've been in my life. And um, and. I'm in such a different place because of God. Because I've always wanted to know how to have a relationship with God. How do I do this? How do I grow my spiritual relationship? How do I grow my spiritual identity? How do I, how do, I do it? How do I do it? And it's funny because it's come full circle. Because when I first came into program, I was told to pray. 
that's how you do it. And I thought, well, I'm not getting it. And um, and I and I and I thought in my head, here, here's a good one. I thought, well, they're all Christian and I'm Jewish, and I I don't know how to do it. You know, I I wasn't taught. I wasn't brought up in a on a spiritual Jewish home. I was brought up in a cultural Jewish home, so we didn't pray. So I didn't know how to do it. So then I come into program, and um, and again I'm told just just pray, just do it. And I didn't get it, and I didn't get it, and I kept asking. And so then I come into OA. Um, and I come into um, this particular meeting, and I'm finally told, you get there by working the steps. Oh, wow, finally, okay, roadmap, good, I can do this. I work the steps. I get recovered. I have a relationship. I'm there for almost six years, and what do I do? I get into an emotionally charged situation, and I freaking pick up the damn food. So here I am again. And I'm working the steps again with a new sponsor, because that's the right thing to do. And guess what? What does she tell me? Just pray. Just do it, Maura. And so finally, this time, I listened. I followed directions. And by just doing it, even when I didn't want to, even when I didn't know what to say, I just did it. I just opened my mouth and I said, God, here I am. What do you want me to do? Help me to set aside everything I think I know. And pray for my sister. Everything that I want for myself, pray for her. She should have it. And what do you know? I have sitting on my coffee table an amends letter to my sister with a stamp on it, addressed, ready to go into the mailbox today. And there's not a bit of um, hesitancy and there's not a bit of hatred and there's not a bit of resentment, but only love for my sister. And that's God. Just do it. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Marzi. Next up is Judy. Judy, I didn't get the initial of your last name. Was there a Judy that wanted to share? Yes, this is Judy Kay. I was unmuting. I'm sorry. Thank okay. you, everybody. That's all right. Thank you, everybody, for the ser- your service. Um, wow. Wow. So... I'm reminded that God led me to this program and my relationship with my higher power has been to say thank you, to continually saying thank you, even when things don't look the way I want them to in the world because I thought I could control the world. I even thought I could control God by telling him what to do. Um, And the truth is, I have no control, I have no power when it comes to people, places, and things. But what I have been lucky enough to get from my higher power and from God, and we all have, is control over thoughts, speech, and actions. So (laughs) the action I had to do was to put down the food, which I did over a year ago, and by the grace of God, I have a neutrality around food. With regard to the speech and the um, the thoughts, well, we're told not to fear because if God has if God has my back, if God has the world in His hands, and if there's anything that's teaching us that we have no control, it's the situation that we've got with this disease now. Um, 
what I, I can choose what, what my thoughts are. I could either focus on being fearful or I could not fear and trust that God has this. He's running the show. It's not my world to control, and I can't even control him. I'm happy if I can control my thoughts, my speech, and my action, and in particular my speech, because when I say cutting things to people, when I say things that are uh, less than kind, then I'm not doing God's will. And I have to ask him every day, especially when I'm doing a 10th step, what would you have me be? And for today, he would have me be fearless and in action, in action helping others. And thank you. Thank you, everybody, for today. Thank you so much, Judy Kay. All right, so Anne-Marie M., you are up next. This is Anne-Marie M., Compulsive Older Eater, uh, gratefully through God's grace recovered today. Uh, yeah, this reminded me of, I was going over this with somebody that I'm working with. Uh, we have seen um, others slip when the family came back too soon, and it reminded me of Jim's story. when. Um, you know, on page 35, we told him what we knew of alcoholism and the answer we found. He made a beginning. He was, um, his family was reassembled and he began to work as a salesman for a business he lost through drinking. So he got back very quickly, um, you know, what he wanted and he didn't continue with the steps. And I see that happen a lot, especially in AA. People get their jobs back and their families let them back in. And and then sooner or later they get too busy to uh, be bothered to come to meetings or to be of service to other people. And the other line that really jumped out at me as others ha- has others is um, it is dependent upon his relationship with God. And that's what this book is really all about. It talks about that in... Um, Oh, I think this is it more about alcoholism that um or um that or is it uh, the um there is a solution but the you know the whole purpose of this book the reason why they both wrote this book was it so that people could find a relationship with God and that's what I have found has worked for me for the longest time uh, for years my God was my body believe it or not if I had gotten and I've heard this you know already spoken this morning if I had gotten thin enough then I would be happy and then I, my life would be great and I wouldn't have to do anything else. And um, that does not work. And also relying on other people, as, other, uh, as others had said today, uh, the only person, the only thing that I can rely on is the God of my understanding and trust in him and believe that he has um, my best interest in mind. And I know that today and I'm so grateful for that. I can't tell you. I can't express the gratitude I feel today and can only imagine the horrifying feeling of needing to go out and get food where they're telling us to stay in place. Um, I'm just I'm just very, very grateful that um, I don't have to go out and seek food to make me feel better, that I have God right here within myself that I can sit quietly and ask, okay, God, what is it you want me to be? And listen to that. And that's what I'm learning is the part that I am 
the most difficult have uh, the most difficult time I have is stopping and listening to what God would have me be. So I'll pass. Thank you so much for a great meeting. Thank you so much, Anne Marie M. And um wanted to thank Russ for his service of stepping back today and giving others a time to share. It's always appreciated. So let's see. Thanks to everyone who did share. Um we're going to have a second hour of unrecorded hours. So if you didn't get on today, please stay for that part. There'll be more time immediately following closing. So the share ID for today, Thursday, March 26, is 14321. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And now Russ M. will read our vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hey, Russ. Thanks, Kel. Thank you, Kel. Russ M., compulsory reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find in joining us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.